everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of A Star Wars Journey with Ashley and Brandy. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brandy. And uh, for those of you who had missed our first introductory episode, I just want to fill you in on what exactly Brandy and I are doing. Uh, Brandy and I are in the beginning of an epic rewatch of the entire Star Wars canon. Uh, we're basically doing this just so we can get through this year-long hiatus until season three of The Mandalorian drops. <laughs> Is that right, Brandy? <laughs> Yeah, this is purely selfish. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, we, we got to try to stay sane because we got a whole year before, you know, we see what happens to Din Djarin and Grogu. Um, but yeah, so so we, we already began. We watched The Phantom Menace and we've seen The Attack of the Clones. And we just finished the Dave Filoni Clone Wars movie. Uh, and that is what... Right, it's essentially the film version of the pilot. Right, exactly. Yep, so we, we saw that and that is what we'll be talking about tonight. Um, is just kind of giving our thoughts of what we thought of it. Uh, neither one of us had ever seen it before, so um, it's going to be, you know, interesting talk, I think. I think there there was a few news items this week that we should cover in the world of Star Wars. First of all, Lucasfilm has a new executive vice president of physical production, Momita Sangupta. Uh, this basically is the person who's in charge of making sure all the sets have the, enough lumber, uh, there's enough manpower, everybody's taken care of. She's not involved in any creative processes, but she is involved in making sure things happen the way they should happen. Uh, and she had this um, job at Netflix. This, this is the same position she had at Netflix, and we know what kind of good original content they produce so um she's obviously good at what she does so i think it's, it's a positive positive news item in the world of star wars and you know she's inheriting a whole lot of shows to make sure that it keep running smoothly so i really i wish her all the luck She's going to have her hands full, and I think it's really going to affect, in a positive way, like quality control, because that's really what all her job is, is making sure everybody has what they need to get the job done creatively. So it's really cool. It's a really cool position. I think it would be. Yeah. I yeah. Love that, that position, taking care of all these people, making these amazing TV shows for us to enjoy. Heck yeah. Oh, my gosh. That would be so cool. They have everything. What do you need? Do you loanie? What about you, Miss <laughs> <Right>? Dawson? Oh <laughs> exactly. my God! Oh, so also, the there's a lot of there's a lot of news on the rumor mill about Liam Neeson. The fact we knew that he wanted to come back as Qui Gon, we knew that, but now we're seeing more and more articles that he is actually signed on to play Qui Gon. So if that's true, and once it's confirmed in the press, that would be really exciting news. Uh, and I really hope it's true uh, from a selfish point of view because <laughs> he's just wonderful in that. Oh, my gosh. And it would be wonderful to see them together again. I agree. I think it would be really interesting just to see um, Obi-Wan reconnect with his former master. And, you know, I'm I'm sure that he's, you know, Qui-Gon's not been completely in the dark about what happened to to Anakin. Um, but it would just be oh, really absolutely. interesting. I think it just would be interesting to see those two reconnect and see if, you know, Qui-Gon, you know, I, he must play some sort of, you know, larger role in how Obi-Wan is going to, you know, go on all these years hiding in the dark and stuff. So I'll, I will be very yeah. happy if this turns out to be true. I think I think just from a narrative perspective, it makes sense. To have him here. Absolutely. And, you know, it, Liam Neeson wants to do it. So that's like 
half the journey right there. Exactly. He's already said, I want to do it. Exactly. So uh, I think it would just be fascinating. And I don't know about you, but I get really jazzed whenever there's forest ghost sightings. If there's any conversations between Obi-Wan and Gwygon, I'm going to be completely there for that. Oh, same, same here. Sign me up. I, I need all of that I can get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, we talked earlier about how um, Lucasfilm has all these shows going on and all this stuff. Uh, well, there's another show, uh, show called Andor, and, and it's, it's a spinoff of Rogue One. And it's already in production. It was it began production in December 2020, and um, it's starring Diego Luna, and he's surprising. Uh, he, he's reprising his role from Rogue One. Which um, have you seen Rogue One? I I saw Rogue One only one time, and I'm really excited to see it again. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I thought you had seen Rogue One. Yeah, we talked about how sad it was. Uh, yeah, you've seen that. Yeah, and yeah. How how you just it. know going into it, we know that everybody dies, so it's really sad. Right. Um, but I, I love his character, and I would be really excited to see this show. So, so basically, um, the news on Reddit is that there's there's set photos now of green screens and production vans, and all that's really exciting because it means that you know they're getting to work making the show. So, what what is this about a um, release transcript about a conversation uh, between Lawrence yeah. Kasdan and uh, George Lucas? Absolutely. This is just released. And this is from a really well-known YouTuber. Um, I think it's like Star Wars Legends or Star Wars Rumors. Or I can't remember his name. I need to shout that out, though, uh, when I know for sure. But anyway, there's a recently released transcript of this conversation. And, of course, Lawrence Kasdan directed Re Return of the Jedi. And um, George Lucas is quoted as saying that Yoda is more like a teacher or a guru and not necessarily a fighter and that if he and vader fought vader would win so i don't well, know that kind of makes me I sad about that. <laughs> i don't know but so obviously obviously lucas's mind had to be changed by the time the prequels rolled around because we see yoda as this mighty jedi that's this true. powerful warrior you know yeah, so but it's, it's really it's really interesting to see his mindset in the time frame of Return of the Jedi after having written the Empire Strikes Back, which, you know, Yoda is more of a guru, sage, and he's he's like really old and he's not very mobile and we can't really see him, you know, fighting with a lightsaber, not, you know, not in Empire Strikes Back, but yeah. Yeah, I Luke, guess, you know, that would make sense for back then. Yeah, because he's pretty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That they Yoda's just a teacher, you know, that he's he's just a teacher and he's not a fighter, and uh that he would lose to Darth Vader, which to me is hilarious, but <laughs> you go, George. Uh and um and also though he, he did establish that the force was available to anyone to use, which we've kind of seen that played with back and forth, you know, that the Jedi Jedi are, are you know, instruments of the force, but the force is, is just around us and in us. And, you know, that's yeah, kind again, of, that's, that's kind of the reason why I liked the last Jedi so much is because uh, they made that apparent that anyone can use it. If you can, if you know how it's really just a matter yeah, exactly. of knowing how to use it, it's available for you. 
Yeah, it's an instrument for anyone, so you don't have to be special. Right. Um, and on a side note, too, I know I've mentioned this to you in the past, Brandy, but uh, I still feel like uh, Din, you know, the Mandalorian Din Dejar, and yeah. I, I still think he's Force-sensitive. I, I just can't help but think they're going to oh. go somewhere with that. Not, not to get off topic at all, not to get off topic at all, but... I'm, you know, I'm reading, I'm reading a fan fiction and I'm reading this fanfic right now where Dan is actually force sensitive, but he doesn't know it. And yeah, he that's sees, what I think. Exactly. I know we've already talked about it. And so, yep. and he receives um, via dreams, Grogu is going to be in danger. Basically, there's going to be another like temple cleanse, you know. Anakin part two. He's crossing the galaxy and he meets Ahsoka and you know, it's a really good fan fiction. It's really, it's really quality. Um, but it it made me think of you because it riffed off your theory that he's force sensitive. And I'm like, that's absolutely I think that's absolutely the truth. I really do. I do too. And I, I could totally see that playing out on the show. I mean, it would be a great twist and it would be a great excuse for them to reunite. Um, you know, because if he is having these dreams, how do you ignore that? You know, so I, I could yeah, see him exactly. in, Grogu out and trying to rescue him. Um, so that, that would be exciting. Sign me up for that. I would not be, I would not be disappointed if they go that route. <laughs> yeah. I also love though, that Grogu is going to sense that Dina's is in danger and he's going to go to the rescue. Cause I, yeah, really, I, I would really love to see that. I will. I really don't care how they get reunited as long as you know it happens. Um, I've just I'm always trying to think of the most logical way, and it it really comes down to one of them is in danger. And when you have that bond with someone, especially a father son bond, you know they're gonna whoever it is, the other one's gonna drop what they're doing to you know get to the other one. So um, oh yeah, I think it's gonna play out either way. I think so too. I really do. But a couple of days ago on Twitter, it was uh, Sokotano Day, actually. Oh, okay. And yeah, Rosario Dawson shared her makeup process on Twitter and in a time lapse video. And it was the neatest thing. It showed like the process of what she went through um, to become Ahsoka. And it was really sweet. The tweet called out Ashley Eckstein, which, who is the voice of Ahsoka in the Clone Wars. And um, it was just this really sweet, you know, um, you know, I'm embodying her beside you and I'm just so honored to be here. Rosario is just like the sweetest person. And um, I, it was I just like really so stoked. I was so stoked when I found out that she was playing Ahsoka because I, you know, couldn't think of anyone better to play her. And that that's awesome that she she tagged um, Ashley and that. Uh, how sweet. <laughs> Yeah, the sweetest because you know Ahsoka would would have no voice if it wasn't for Ashley. So that is true. Um, all right, and then you've got some news about the Knights of the Old Republic. Want to talk about that? Yes, uh, the Knights of the Old Republic one and two, which are epic co uh, computer games, PC games, are going to get console re releases sometime this year. Um, so if you're like me and you're a console player but not a P player. And that's a really good opportunity for you to enjoy, like, classic. Well, that's something I'll have to consider as my son is starting to get into video games. And, you know, he's oh. actually content just watching us play. So I might have to consider that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely considering it. Yes. Uh, okay. Wow. That was a lot of Star Wars news just after a few days. <laughs>
Yeah, it was. It was a lot. It was didn't mean to overwhelm, but it was definitely a lot we had to cover. Awesome. All right. So um, let's see. You know, I thought it would be fun uh, for people that are just hearing us for the first time just to give a quick background on how we met, because, you know, I think it's kind of an interesting story how we met. Oh, yeah. So uh, for, for those of you listening um, and are wondering, uh, Brandy and I have known each other for, I think, six and a half years now, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. I, we met September of 2014, uh, but we have actually never met in person before. We, we are internet buddies. Um, we are. We met through a different fandom. It wasn't Star Wars, actually. It was, uh, I, I shudder to say the name, but I'm going to say it. Um, we Are you going to say it? Fandom. <laughs> 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 I just don't like saying that word anymore, the blacklist. But we, we met from watching the blacklist and became We've friends. blacklisted the blacklist. And, yes. <laughs> and um, from there, we both discovered that we both shared a love of the X-Files and then later on uh, Star Wars. And so, um, you know, six and a half years later, here we are. Um, yeah, it's really been the greatest, most rewarding friendship. It's just a lot of fun, and it's unique. And I think it's um, I think it's a friendship that people can relate to because of this age of the internet and social distancing, and you know, absolutely, it's something yeah, no, I, you know. It's not unique, I don't think. I think you know, more and more people are meeting you know people from all over the world. I know. Oh yeah, you know, from the blacklist. We knew people were in Germany and France and, right. you know, all over the place. Um, so the Internet is uh, can be a, a terrible place, but it's also a beautiful place for the yeah, it is. that come out of it. Um, so, so, yeah, that's that's basically our story of how we met. And, and now we're doing this epic rewatch of Star Wars yes. um, going on a real journey together. So I'm, I, I couldn't imagine doing this with anyone else, Brandy. And I really mean that. I mean that. Th I mean that as well when I say that. Yes. Awesome. Um, okay. So uh, just an update too, um, as far as where you can find us. Uh, right now, it looks like we've only got two places you can find us, and that is on Spotify and Anchor. So if you want to listen to us, um, you have to go on Spotify or Anchor. I do think that that list is going to grow the more um, episodes that we produce. Yes. Uh, but just wanted to give an update on that. And we have a Twitter and Facebook. And we do have a Twitter and a Facebook account. And it's just a Star Wars journey with Ashley and Brandy. So please like and follow us uh, so you can get updates. And, of course, we'll share news about anything Star Wars. Um, so, yeah, stay connected with us. Uh, okay, I think I think we are ready to... Ready to dig into the Clone the Wars? Yeah, let's let's talk about the Clone Wars movie. Um, why don't you share your thoughts first, and then I'll share mine. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, the first thing that really stuck out to me was uh, the voice acting, because I was yes. not too happy, and I think we share the same opinion with Obi-Wan's yes. character. Uh, I just yeah. found him really, like, comically snide, if that makes any sense. And yes, and it was it was really just not Ewan McGregor. No one is Ewan McGregor, but authentic to the character of Obi Wan. I just felt like it was more of a caricature of him. So um, that was that was the number one thing for me because you know when you're talking animation, you're talking about voice acting. So it it was a little disappointing in that aspect. Um, there were some things I love. I, I love Ashley Eckstein. Um, I think Anakin's uh, character 
their actor did a good job. Um, yeah. So, you know, it wasn't all bad. It was just like the Obi-Wan character for me just hit different. It just hit wrong. Yeah, it just shows you how powerful the, you know, the voice acting is. And when you, you know, like I was so happy when I heard that um, Samuel Jackson came back as Mace Windu and Christopher Lee as Count Dooku. It just, you know, it just, when you hear those familiar voices, it's just, it's almost comforting. It's really cool. Yeah. They're seeing this story through and, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. I was very disappointed with the Obi-Wan's voice. Um, All right, yeah. Um, I, did, I did a little research on the film itself just to kind of ground my opinions. Um, it takes place between The Hidden Enemy, which is a season one episode, and season three's episode, The Clone Gets. So that's something interesting going forward. When we watch those episodes, we'll, we'll kind of know in what time span that the movie happened in. Um, of course, it's notable for introducing Ahsoka and Rex, which are major characters in the Clone Wars universe. Um, it didn't review well as far as other people, critics. I don't, I don't put much stock in criticism, but you know, um, and it right. is the lowest grossing film. Um, but I liked it. Um, I thought it was okay. It was a good, inter- it was entertaining. Asuka was assigned to by Yoda, uh, that Yoda made that decision because it, it was really his opinion that Anakin was not mature enough to be a Jedi master um, or Jedi Knight. And then maybe this assignment of a Padawan learner was an attempt to maybe write him in maybe or um, to mature him perhaps. Uh, I just thought that that was interesting that Yoda made that decision. Well, it would make sense too, though, because um, Obi-Wan, I mean, he was technically still Anakin's master, right? I mean, Anakin, he wasn't a Jedi master at that point, was he? No, he was, he was a knight though. He was, he was no longer under the Padawan, but he hadn't received, he hadn't achieved the, the rank of master yet. Okay. So he was just like a, he was Uh, a comrade. That would be a lot. Yeah. I see. Okay. That makes sense then. Um, but yeah, I, I do share, uh, your opinions as well. It was probably a way for, um, to, to try to humble Anakin yeah. in a sense. Um, yeah. Cause, and that speaking of that word humble, I, I thought it was kind of comical that he was telling Ahsoka that she needs to be more humble when he is actually secretly married and living a lie. <laughs> living a lie. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, dude, you need to rein in on your own humility there. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and we learned that Jabba has a son. Improbable that yeah, that's, is. That's going to shock me. And I, I made the point, I know when we were rewatching, I'm like, I wonder who the mother is. Or if he's just like a spawn <laughs> of some sort. Um, because I really, that really tickled me that Jabba has a son. That he was like this little tiny um, hutlet. They called him a hutlet. Uh, which is adorable. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Um, but agree. yeah, I just found that that was really just in- incredible, an incredible twist um, that he had a son and that it's canon, that Jabba has a son. So now we need to know what happens to the son. Yeah. I wonder if uh, we'll probably see more of the son later on in the series. Yeah, we might. Probably, you know, we might. Possible. Yeah. Since we're both, yeah. you know, Clone Wars virgins, we'll, we might get to see some little hugs. And uh, maybe grown up. 
Um, I like, I like for the, for my part, I love that we see the Anakin partnership where, um, yeah. in Attack of the Clones, you know, necessarily they had to be separated because we had to fall, he had to fall in love with Padme. Um, but, but I missed seeing them in that film work together as a team. And so I think that that's going to in the Clone Wars that I cherish the most is seeing them work together as a team. Yeah, because when we see them together, really working together, it's not for much. And it was in um, Revenge of the Sith. Um, right. Show up. It's, it's very short lived. They they have their little their battle with Count Dooku and they're trying to escape with the Chancellor uh, in the beginning of the film. But then they get separated again, you know, Um so it is it is going to be exciting, not just to see Anakin and his relationship with Ahsoka, but also, um, yeah, to see that partnership with Obi-Wan and, and see how that develops. That's I'm something I'm looking forward to with the series. Right. Yeah. And I love I love the easy report. They struck up immediately. Um you know, Anna can call in her snips and she, you know, she calls him Sky Guy. I just think that that's the cutest thing. And they really seem to be yeah. both cut from the same cloth, as in Anakin is like almost rebellious, like Gwygon, and Ahsoka is so spirited and spunky, and you know she's got like Moxie, which I love, and um, I love her. I love her, you know, attitude. I think it was appropriate um, that she's you know really eager to prove herself, and she's really gifted in the Force, as you can see. She you knows to save Anakin. And she moved those um, large metal objects. I don't know what they're called. Yeah. But, uh, but you know. Right. Yeah. I don't know yeah, And, but they were really, but, you know, it, it, it's really, you know, for, for a Padawan to do, to exhibit such power and mastery of the force is, you know, really something special. It was impressive. Yeah. It, yeah. It really, really was. Um, so I, I really like that. And, and, you know, we, we mentioned, we talked about how, she uh her lightsaber style is is the same in the mandalorian with that for the way she yes backwards like that mm -hmm. and that's uh that's just that just speaks to feloni's attention to detail it really does um yes it does wanting to honor that character in every way possible and seeing her as this fully fledged um well no longer jedi now i guess a great jedi you could argue she's a great jedi um Absolutely. but it, it was just really it was really nice to see to see that present at such a young age you know that we're kind of learning ahsoka backwards but i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing that's just something that you know we've we happen to we haven't seen the Clone Wars yet, so right, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with everything that you said. Um, in fact, uh, I know it was uh, Maggie that said that the beginning when you meet her, that she sounds kind of like bratty and annoying, right. and I didn't, I didn't really get that feeling no. with her, at least not in this film. Uh, maybe, maybe it will be more like that in the in the series as it goes on. Um, but I know that that was necessary for her character. Oh yeah, I mean, it, she seemed um, youthful and she seemed a little petulant, she seemed bratty or annoying to me. You're gonna have to pronounce her name. It's uh, Asad Ventress. Ventress. Asad yeah. Ventress. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, she's um, she's a really fascinating villain. Her origin story is that she uh, she started out as a as a Padawan learner actually. 
and um, then through a series of like tragedies and losses, she basically embraced the dark side. And um, of course, Count Duke her in, and and her her journey finishes in a novel, um, uh, not not in a series. So, but we'll see her throughout the Clone Wars as a recurring character, um, which uh, I'm lo- I'm very much looking forward to because I think. Um, it's fascinating that she was once a Jedi in training and then, you know, went a, went a different way. No, I thought she was really pretty badass. Um, and uh, oh, yeah. I look forward to seeing more of her in the series. I'm sure she's going to be one of the big bads in the series. Um, so uh, the only other things, I guess, that I can add to the movie, uh, besides everything you said, was I, I was kind of happy to see Padme show up finally, even though it was like oh, yeah. through the film. Uh, she had a small part to play, but it was kind of cool to see her again. Uh, just knowing that her and Anakin are secretly married at this point, um, it was kind of neat to see that little interaction between them. Had a little eye sex there. Yeah, a little bit. A little eye sex. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. it was great. For that. <laughs> Um, and it was also cool to see Dooku and Anakin go at it again on Tatooine of all places. Yes. I, I was under the impression that they weren't going to see each other until episode three, Revenge of the Sith. So that was kind of cool that they had another battle. Um, yeah, it was super cool. It was. Uh, but but yeah, overall, I mean, I, I thought it was a good, good film. It was a good introduction to what we're going to be getting into with the series, um, introducing these new characters and stuff. And I'm, I'm really am, you know, more than more than pumped for the series so i thought it it did justice i think oh do you want to talk about um the mandalorian jedi war um you did some research on this and i i find all of this really fascinating um and i want to learn more about this obviously because i i love the mandalorian so much but that whole history between mandalorians and jedis i read this article um about how why there may only be uh, ever one Mandalorian Jedi, and the, and that's um, uh, Vizsla, Tar uh, Tar Vizsla, I think. Um, so anyway, um, I, I read this article and it was talking about the Mandalorian Jedi War, and I'm like, oh, you know, I don't really know a lot about that. And I said, you know, so I went to Wikipedia, and um, uh, basically, at at some point, the Mandalorians and the Jedi clashed and the mandalorians became aware of these jedi uh these warriors with strange powers and they actually designed their armor to fight the jedi so they would be more successful against them so their armor which i found was really cool their armor like den's armor is the way it is because his ancestors decided they needed more reinforcements to fight jedi which i think is really cool that is um, really cool, and it makes total sense because they're all about the the ancient way. Um, and uh, Beskar seems to hold up against anything, even even the dark saber. So that's really that's really interesting. I like that. It was really cool. It was really cool. And so so they designed the armor, and they were largely successful against the Jedi until the Jedi um, were involved in or were at least complacent about the development that just completely flattened Mandalore. I mean, it turned it, like Boba Fett said, to glass. So the Mandalorians left, retreated to one of their moons to sort of regroup, 
And this was around the time of the Clone Wars, up until the time of the Clone Wars. Um, so then after that, the, the Crusades began, which I don't know anything about. Maybe that's going to be next podcast. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it was it was a really fascinating read. Um, nobody really knows of the Mandalorian Jedi War. They just really became aware of each other and considered each other a threat. So that's why they there was like antagonism there. Um, it was really fascinating though, and so I really liked how their their armor, like you said, was. Uh, that's an interesting point that their armor was designed to defeat Jedi. Which um, we've seen it do a good job of. Definitely, um, and yeah, just uh, as a you know side note, I mean, I I don't know about you, but you know, my entire experience watching Star Wars, I mean, this never even occurred to me that Mandalorians and Jedi's were were enemies. And even when um, I saw Attack of the Clones, and you see the big battle between Jango Fett and Obi Wan. Um, I still right. have no idea that there was a history there between these two cultures. And so yes. um, kind of bringing everything back to the Mandalorian, which always seems to happen with us. But that's, yeah. that's something that um, I am really eager to see happen in the future of this series is seeing the um, the possible peace that could be bridged between these two factions in the Star Wars universe um, and having that done through Din and Grogu. I, I think that would be so beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I, I was really thinking it would be beautiful. Um, fascinating when the armorer told Din that these sorcerers were their natural enemies. And, and still on Grogu's behalf and because of Grogu, he sought them out so that he could be trained. And I, I just really think that that speaks to his bond with Grogu and also his um, his growth as a character, because, you know, being a child of the watch, he's basically was raised like you would say someone would be raised in a cult. Yeah. I don't think that's too much of a stretch. Um, so he, he has all of these preset preconceived notions about who to trust, who to hate, who to, you know, um, and, you know, never showing his face and that sort of thing. And so at the end, I think at the finale, when he looks at Luke and is like, is you, are you a Jedi? Um, he was asking from a, uh, from a purely place of wanting Grogu to be trained and not any kind of animosity, which I don't think that that would have been the case before he met Grogu. Well, exactly. And just the fact that you know everything, it all revolves around Grogu, his entire, you know, his entire character arc and his, you know, bending the rules and breaking some of the rules of the code all for Grogu. Um, yeah. In fact, yeah. the only reason, I mean, if you think about it, it's even beautiful when he met Ahsoka, how he was going to team up with her because he wanted her to train Grogu. Again, it yes. all just comes back to him. It's beautiful how because of Grogu, there's a chance at, you know, peace between these two, um, these two factions. So absolutely. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm eager to see that. I think it's going to be awesome. Um, so where we go from here, we're, we're going to be starting the series on Friday and Saturday, right. and that is going to go all the way through mid April. So you have to bear with us as we, you know, go through all of these episodes and, you know, become introduced to this new, new part of the star Wars universe that we've never been to before. 
Yeah, it's really exciting. It is. So uh, please tune in next time. Uh, we're going to have a lot to cover. Um, and uh, again, uh, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check us for updates for um, any Star Wars news. Uh, and please, uh, I don't know how that works with Spotify and all the other um, publishing apps, but, you know, leave comments if you have questions or, or anything, please, please drop them. And we'd love to hear what you think and reviews, share theories. Uh, we really consider, I, I don't know about you, Brandy, but I really consider the whole Star Wars universe like our you know, big family in a way. Yeah, it is. It's a big extended family. It really is. And especially, especially the family of podcasters are really, really supportive and really, um, it's a really creative space to get to know people. It's really been gratifying. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't even get over how how uh, appreciative we we are for you know the support. Um, even though we created some a Twitter account that had nothing on it, and you were, we were still getting responses. So uh, I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, yeah thank absolutely. You thank you so much. Um, and we're we're looking forward to uh, going on this journey and just sharing ideas and theories and and all of that. So. Uh, please reach out to us. Yeah, and tweet your questions if you have any. Absolutely. All right, well, tune in next time. Catch you guys later. May the 4th See you be next with week. You.